clean energy actually what I feel is in direct support to the king. She's in the listening. She's in the more like subtle listening of like, what are the people saying? Like what is actually coming from the heart or the womb or uh, like the deeper sensing of potentially what the king can't see. Hi, my name is Aggie and this is Biohacking Bestie. The one-stop shop for a modern queen where you can find biohacking courses, self-growth courses, and where you can find the most incredible community of women so you can hit all of your biohacking goals and beyond. I'm Vailana. Thank you so much for coming today and thank you for being the very first person in our studio. And it means so much. I was like, you feel like home at this point and you've been just such a good friend, such a good sister to me in this last year. It's been really easy. We're just like, Instagram can be really beautiful in that way where you don't know people, but you make a connection and you're like, I don't know why, but I feel a lot of resonance with them. And then they kept in touch and we had to meet a burning man and just be like, yeah, this is right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, I haven't met you before because you, so, you feel so familiar. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's so many things I admire about you. So I'm going to start with your word of the year. What is that? My word of the year is audacity. What does it mean to you? Audacity, it, it's interesting. Like, I think that there's a part of me that's always been comfortable with taking up space. And yet there's another part of me that will sort of like moderate my full expression for the comfort of other people because I'm afraid of being judged by other people. And I went through a big initi initiation this last year. I put out a, um, an album and a film, you know, like yeah. I burst my art out into the world, which is a very, very vulnerable thing. And, you know, was noticing how I would get really sensitive about just like negative feedback. And I don't just mean mm. like negative feedback, but just people being kind of like cruel and brutal. Um, but just how that really impacted me. And, and I went through this phase of feeling like a little withdrawn, like, I gave this from my heart and I birthed this to be of service. And, you know, it's the greatest thing I knew, how, like the greatest way I knew how to do that was with, with my voice and with the message that's mm. in all the music. And to feel like, you know, the arrows come. It was just kind of like, so I kind of retreated for... And I think it's like even more painful when you are fully vulnerable and are met with, with meanness. Yeah. Just even yesterday, you know, I shared my breakup on Instagram and people were so mean. I'm like, this is like, this is like extra like force. Yeah, that it's like you see somebody on the floor sobbing. And, you and then they kick you. So that's what it feels like. Yeah. Here I am, I'm opening my heart. It's super vulnerable. It's super difficult for me right now. And people... Yeah, yeah, which, which ultimately you can also, if you, um, you can also see through things like that, but it doesn't yeah. like lessen the impact of it. Yeah. I really retreated and felt like, oh. I, it felt like it was such a big moment of taking up all the space and then just feeling the arrows and I totally just like controlled it. And, um, my teacher would call that like the tragic phase and the post tragic is who you are on the other side of that and so mm -hmm. there's this word in the hebrew um like mystic lineage called tekufet and it is the balance between humility and audacity oh and when he told me that i felt like wow that is such 
an important like contrast to find the balance between because I do think that I have I've gone through enough initiations with plant medicine and so many other things of like getting big doses of humility where yeah. I was a little you know hubris or inflated potentially um, a lot of the times that was in the shadow so that was a confronting process to face but the audacity is something that's like no I choose to share I choose to speak my truth I choose to take up space and it's mm. not anybody other than myself and the people who are going to resonate with me are going to resonate with me and the people who don't you know won't and they'll yeah. have all the projections and they'll have all the triggers but ultimately i think in living in like the fullness and the, the right spectrum of our truth it ultimately will bring people more people higher than it will you know the arrows that come and so audacity just felt like okay like i'm not even though i feel like i've i've, I've stepped into a big game in a lot of ways particularly being with my husband you know it's 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 been a part of um, just amplifying my voice in the world, mm. public with my life experience and all my vulnerabilities. But I want to take it to this next level where it's just like, I'm fucking here, you know? Like, I'm, I'm here and I'm not afraid of what comes. I'm just going to radically live in my truth and be audacious as fuck. And fuck yes. It's an, it's an edge <laughs> for me, you know? Because I even notice... Um, I'm in a I'm in a six month pleasure certification with Mama Gina. And I love that there is a pleasure certification yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're just gonna leave everybody hanging. It sounds terrible. <laughs> pleasure certification. Yeah. Say nothing more. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it there. Yeah. One of the practices of being standing in your power as as a woman because. As women, we so often make ourselves smaller for so many different reasons. Mm. Become passive when we actually have deep desires to not even tune into ourselves with what our desires are. I mean, guilty of it, for sure. And one of the practices to kind of like reclaim your power back is bragging. Actually bragging, right? No way. That's actually an actual practice. Yeah, it's a practice that we use. It's like bragging about, you know, Good things, bad things, whatever is most relevant in that moment, it's part of the way that we work in the containers, bragging. And I have so many extraordinary things. Like, my life is so unimaginably beautiful, and it's not perfect. It's There's lots of, you know, things that are really difficult, but there are so many things that are just being magnetized to my life right now that I had a conversation with uh, Mama Gina about it. Like, sometimes on the calls, I feel uncomfortable about expressing like the magnitude of my real brags because it almost feels like boisterous yeah you look at me and all these great things that are happening for me and I but like it's so I, I hate you feel that way because at the end of the day if a woman like yourself who is extremely successful feels like she needs to hold back because it might feel like it's too much for other people then it sucks yeah. so i would love for you to do an exercise with me right now mm. and brag for a second even though it's going to be feel super awkward yeah five things yeah i brag that yesterday i opened uh with a sound healing for deepak chopra for south by southwest um, I brag that I am in the process of working out um, a really exciting opportunity where 
I am going to be opening for Exit Festival in Serbia, which is like one of the biggest. And how many people? Festivals in Europe. It's like 15,000. It's a big festival. Yeah. Um, and the people that run it just really believe in my voice and my message and my music and what I'm doing. And they want to bring this elevation of consciousness and also just like the balancing of the sacred feminine within the world, like to mm. which is, you know, this is like a, like EDM, like electronic, you know, festival, yeah. which my music is not that, but they feel that the power of the message is so significant that they're really excited about having me there. And so I brag that it will be the biggest stage I will ever stand on. And until this day, because it's this day, you know, <laughs> at this point in my life, it will be the biggest stage that I will stand on yet. Um, I brag that my relationship with my husband, we've been together for three years now, and it continues to get better, more, abundance, mm. more abundant, more free, more deep all of the things that you could possibly desire in a partnership is what I get to experience on a daily basis. This man cherishes me. He is so, I brag that he is so in love with me. He was on a podcast. Confirmed, confirming. He was on a podcast yesterday. I believe it was called Diary of CEO and brought up my name. And the person he was podcasting was with notice the way that he lit up. And as soon as he named that, Aubrey got really emotional. Like he loves me so much. He writes me, I brag that he writes me poetry. I brag that he spoils the shit out of me when I've not really had much in my life. And um, I brag that my relationship is, you know, just beyond my wildest dreams. I brag that I finally feel like I can be celebrated and safe and fully supported in the most clean, incredible dynamics with women. I brag that I no longer feel the weight of sister wounds that I've experienced. Mm, you're touching on so many things I want to talk to you about. It's like, <laughs> this is so good. Um, and, and also like English isn't my first language, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, I brag that. Yeah. Like I've never heard it in a sentence before. And especially from a woman, especially publicly. So I was like, oh, it feels really awkward to even hear that in a sentence. Yeah. It's usually about somebody else like, oh, they're bragging. Exactly. If there's a negative connotation to it, mm. it is um, like it's, uh, you know, coming from the ego or yeah. something that you shouldn't do. There's like a judgment embedded in yeah. bragging. But in this practice, it's the reclamation of it as being powerful. Like not only am I reflecting on the beauty of my life, but I'm sharing it. And in doing so, you know, when I had that conversation with Regina about not wanting to brag about all the big things, you know, last brag I'll do is I brag that I'm living in a life of such abundance that I feel it's not even about money. Mm -hmm. It's about the freedom. The freedom to create, the freedom to travel and do all these things that I, you know, my my younger self that was not fallen, you know, <laughs> would only be like, oh, only other people get to experience that. Like I'm living, I brag that I'm living that life, and I brag that Love it is. That. I believe that it is a it is a direct mirror of the inner work that I've done. Within mm. Um, and so yeah, when I when I spoke about this to Regina personally. 
just saying that, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable about, you know, speaking about the magnitude of my brags. Uh, she said that when you show other people that it is possible, you bring everyone under. Mm. And there will be people who feel triggered by that because they don't see that within themselves. But even just being a beacon of that trigger or rupture, it might cause somebody else. Like it's creating movement. It's creating like yeah and shows others that it's possible so uh my coach says that once you go somewhere people they see the sparkle in your eyes which is a roadmap for them to get there so you don't have to even say how you got there you just show them that it's possible would you say that the sexual liberation is connected to your power as a woman uh yes i would say that it's very directly connected to it and until until I was in this program, you know, I really thought that I was good. You know, I, Aubrey and I have the most extraordinary, expansive, deep, mm, juicy. juicy, delicious sex life. Um, so I wouldn't actually think that that was uh, something that I wasn't fully embodying. Mm, I would like I would you would probably be the last person I would pick when it comes to like someone that still has some work to do or learn. I, know, I thought I was like pretty good. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> I felt I have a song out of exile that's about sacred sexuality and I'm literally totally bare, body painted. Super know, hot. A completely um, organic and authentic erotic experience just with myself. I'm not like masturbating, but it's like no, this is actually what sensuality, sexuality, mm. like eroticism looks like in a sacred context. So I felt like I was in a good place, right? And I start this course and I, I won't get into all of the practices because I'm, I'm not at the end of my certification just yet, but recognizing that like, I actually am not listening to the deeper desires of pussy. And that word, even using that word at the beginning of this course, I was like, oh my God. Like it felt like every time I, I heard Layla Martin or Regina say pussy, because they say it with like such a force. You're like, they just like say it with this power. Like as if it's balls, but it, like they just, yeah. But it's actually like, it's giving something that's so powerful and life-giving and literally a beacon to all of your desires and name and a vibration and that is such an important thing so yeah and in the course just all these practices that i'm doing to really be in a deep listening to her and i treat her as if she's like her own being um and it you know through the practices like understanding her desire and so i'm actually using my turn on as a beacon of like what are my outrageous desires that are you know maybe unthinkable to even speak of you know mm -hmm. and see how it feels like does my pussy feel turned on by that and like you know moving your hips around and just feeling the energy and it's like wow it feels like creating this kind of like vortex i love that yeah it's like <laughs> vortex and portal to draw things in and so I've just simply, you know, since January, been going through all of this mastery work about, you know, turn on and rupture. And like in this time, 
is when I've been calling in all of these big things. Like so many And that's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's because I'm actually like in the river of my desire because I'm actually taking the time to tune into what that is and also listen to my pussy, which I, I had a conversation one day in one of the practices. Like I think the question was, you know, if your if your pussy could say anything to you, what would it be? And she was like, like, she literally sounded like a queen talking to me. And she said, like, I'm very, very in tune with my body. Like my body is the, it, my body is my wisdom. I can do a lot of thinking and I can say a lot of words and I can understand a lot of concepts, but when something feels right or does not feel right, I feel it in my body. Wow. Moment to meditate, to tune in, you know, like, does, does this feel like something that's in my highest alignment? And I ask that question, my body will tell me. Wow, very, it's very, beautiful. Very that's the goal. I, I mean, the thing is, like, we all have that. We're just so disconnected from our bodies yeah. that we like, just feel nothing. You're, like, treating it like a workhorse. Like, do yeah. this for me. You're not good enough. You need to lose weight. I yeah. only love you if you give me this, this, and this. It's like, a, it's like having a toxic relationship with yeah slave driving your body and then you're like i can't feel anything i can't hear anything like well yeah because you're just like the body yeah Yeah. Um, that's beautiful and i think that's another brag right there (laughs) yeah but my said to me you think that your body is wise and you trust without doubt in your body's knowing I am like your body made of eight made up of eight thousand nerve endings. I am like your body on a million steroids. If you listen to me, I will never steer you wrong. Wow. It was like like get get intimate with me because like we've got work to do. <laughs> I was like, wow. So how how do you how do you talk? How do you listen to your pussy? Mm. How do you even start a relationship after thirty five years of being like being told that you you wish it was penis basically and I feel I feel that it's okay to just share about this because I know that she has it um, in the book book, the Pussy Their Commission so one of the things that um, has been really profound in um, this work that I've been doing is the pleasure practice Mm. pleasure practice is not like you go in the room and you masturbate it's not about that at all it's about like just subtle it's, it's, it's not like line sexing or like line intimacy is very masculine you're like okay we get together you know you know how to push this you, you go down on me you know maybe i'll go down on you yeah and you know how to we switch yeah there's like a there's like a system to like mm-hmm. these are all the steps you do and then orgasm it's very very linear it's very mm-hmm. and the goal is orgasm the goal is there's a goal it's goal for you mm-hmm. pleasure a pleasure practice is more like circular it's more feminine you're mm. actually just trying to to mess your body so it's not just to messing your pussy like you can to mess your skin by like doing little circles around a particular area and then it's almost like the center of that circle is kind of craving touch but you're not like giving it the touch so mm. holding this charge and this energy um and the pleasure practice just really drops you into all of your senses and so um the, the one that I did most recently, um, the proposal was to actually like, it's kind of like taking yourself on a date where I acted as if 
I was having some like great guest over and the way that you prepare for when you're going to have like a dinner party, you get flowers, you get yeah. foods and you get like clean the house. <laughs> my favorite thing to eat right now is like a cheese board with like my favorite cheese. Um, I'm obsessed right now with blueberries and, and raspberries and um, blackberries and just having like a little, you know. Cheese. So that was yours in the fridge in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, nuts and with, you know, some chocolate or whatever. It's like things that like, make my taste buds feel really alive mm -hmm. and nourished and like um, also just connected to the planet. Like berries just mm. feel really sensual. Yeah. Um, and so setting this you know a, a lovely drink like a kombucha or something i'd like to drink and setting that up and just like whining and dining myself with music and not shoving food down your throat no, and like crushing taking my time i'm in my own space i don't have anywhere to go i'm not trying to impress anybody i'm doing this entirely for me so i take my time like eating every bite i love having like the perfect bite of like blackberry cheese and like Like you know what it reminds me of? Uh, Eat, Pray, Love, when Elizabeth Goldberg is in in Rome and she decides to actually throw herself lunch really? and she has like goat cheese and she basically was like the hottest thing she's ever done yeah, is in butter. It's wildly erotic just because it, it, it's a lot, a lot of it is about just slowing down. Mm. And then, you know, once you kind of have that space for you, you know, I'm in my sexy lingerie. I've been kind of moving more. I used to wear a lot of Honey Burdette and like dripping stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten into more just like sensual, like lacy, comfortable, yeah. but very sexy. And I'll just kind of like start dancing and maybe I'll do like a striptease. And this is all for myself. I know striptease in the mirror, you know, but everything is about, you know, connecting with my own charge. And then the actual pleasure practice is just like, I might touch every single part It's mm. very slow movement, not trying to go anywhere. You know, I may make my way down there, but it's like, it's not like rubbing it out or using a vibrator. It's just like listening to like, oh, that feels really nice. Like, I like that. But then anytime you feel like you're kind of like building towards like a place, you pull away. And so all the practice is about to messing. And it's not about like, the, it's you're actually not supposed to work. And so just doing that, wow. coming out of that experience, I'm like, man, I feel like dancing all over. I want a glass of wine, you know, yeah. I mean, I will be intimate afterwards. And it's like so much deeper and Aww. like electrifying in my whole body because my body is just like primed for intimacy. Um, and so, yeah, the listening, like <laughs> that we'll do is just like, take your hand and you know, you just put it there and you just, you put it on your pussy and you're just like, what does pussy want? Like when we speak outrageous desires often, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Huh. I just spoke outrageous desires like yesterday. Like those were outrageous. I don't know how I could possibly have more of them, but then I just like tune in, I just listen and then I just go for it. It's like, oh my God, praying and, and, speaking these things into the manifest that like I didn't even know were my desires and it's not it's interesting because it's not like a thought process mm -hmm. right? it's like channeling I want this and so maybe the, 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 the. it's like no just in the moment like total prayer that comes from from pussy 
So it's yeah, it's it's been a it's been a profound um, reclamation, realization, expansion for me to just be constantly on a weekly basis, like tuning into these technologies. Mm. And I do feel that everything that is being mirrored in my life is a direct result of this work that I'm doing. And I love love that. Like this is next level. Like what's yeah. Oh my god. What is happening right now? I, I, it reminds me of um, two things. So number one, I feel like it's a beautiful practice to connect with your higher self. Because mm-hmm. it's like, we, like, I work a lot with women. And number one thing is that I think the number one struggle that women have is that they don't really know what they want. Mm-hmm. They just ask me what, I, what they should do. They ask their friends. You know, it reminds me of Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you read Untamed. Oh, it's the best book ever. Um, But she basically says that, you know, instead of asking ourselves what we truly want to do, we ask Google, like, what, what what should I do? Like, because she, yeah. So she basically typed in, should I get divorced? And that's when she knew that she hit the rock bottom because she basically Googled the question, like, how do I know if I should get divorced? And so that's beautiful. And I think what I, I don't know a lot of women that are truly in their queen energy. And I think you're definitely one of them. And you, your relationship with Aubrey is some, it's like, again, I don't look, to, look up to a lot of relationships, but I do look up to yours because you, oh, so many beautiful, so many beautiful feelings, so many beautiful like moments that you guys have that I have witnessed in person. And so I imagine there was a time in your life when you were not in your queen energy. And so how did you transition into the queen energy? How to attract a real king? And ultimately, I think my relationship with Jacob, it's like, I don't think I was like queen enough to allow him to be king. So it's like you almost can squash a real king with your, you know, with you not being in that energy yet so my question to you is how do we not only attract a king but how can we let our partner become one mm. and hold space for him becoming a king yeah i mean i think i think that it's it starts with like everything to be to relate to anything in life everything has to begin with self mm-hmm. right the more space that you're allowing for your own queenship and really connecting with like what that actually means. And I can kind of talk about like how I feel um, I arrived to that expression of that type of archetype. Um, but it really, it really starts with self and, and my path was not, it was not easy. <laughs> you know, I spent the, every, all the way up until three and a half years ago, completely not in my queen. Very in like princess, not empowered, um, not connected at all with my desire. I mean, in my twenties, I was kind of just, I'm a Gemini, so I was like really good at chameleoning myself to mm. whatever the situation wanted. So like, it was kind of, all, it wasn't as impressive, but like that movie Runaway Bride, where she has like no idea what kind of eggs she likes because she just eats whatever kind of eggs the Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. She has like all she gets engaged to all these guys, ends up running every time they're about to get married. And she just becomes a different person with each one of them and she's capable of doing mm, I definitely can see parts of me that can Yeah, there's yeah. Like no true sense of 
And so... So how do you take your eggs now? <laughs> I mean, I, I, it changes daily. Yeah. Day. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I'm the I love soft boiled, but... I, I like over medium. <laughs> <laughs> I like boiled eggs too. Uh, but, you know, going through the contrast of being really disempowered because I always give my power away to my partner's mm -hmm. desires. Like, even if they ask, like, what do you want to go get to eat? Oh, I don't know. What do you feel like? Like, not even being able to have an answer to, like, a simple desire. Like, Interesting. You know, Which I think it's so beautifully relatable to so many women, right? Because we don't really know. It's just easy. And, it, and it's almost part of this kind of, like, pleasing nature that women are in competition and, you know, to be able to have a man choose us and want to be with us, we have to, like, you know, cook him dinner and clean and just like, it's like all these like kind of like older world ideas. And I think it's like, and also like we I think there's this big level of trying to keep him in and I think it's just like overperforming and like over delivering because we feel so insecure that just by being who we really are that's going to be enough for someone to want to be with us so we have to like prove it that it's worth their time and then we get resentful and that's like yeah it's, it's like I mean every, every all of the all of the everything is a result of a disconnection to yourself mm. I always say like I experienced relationships with betrayal and lying and cheating and and the and the big wound about all of those situations were was for me not feeling chosen mm. there was another woman um and the thing that kind of like blew everything i guess uh, i won't get to that yet but um not being chosen what i realized eventually in my partnership before aubrey was I was never choosing myself. Beautiful, yeah. I was making myself second to everything. So, of course, my environment was reflecting to me that I would be second, that I would not be chosen. Yeah. And in, you know, the last relationship dynamic that I was in, my former partner fell in love with um, a dear friend of mine who I'm so close now. But at the time, it was, you know, the most chaos and crazy um, I won't get into that story because it's unnecessary. But but it's it's probably one of the biggest nightmares for a lot of women for your partner to fall in love with someone that you know. Yeah. Well, then it was also, you know, because at the time, I think I was also spiritually bypassing a lot. So it was like my spiritual ideal is that love is love and love is not limited. And, you know, I'm not going to try to, like, get in the way of your, like, feelings that you have for another person. So, like, how do we, like, do this? And we never figured it out. It was a, it was a very, very difficult but, but important time for me as well because it felt like it it got so difficult that it turned into like this bomb that blew up everything that I was in that relationship and in prior relationships and I hit a rock bottom that was like I no longer choose to live like this anymore mm. and in making that choice and climbing my way out of my rock bottom so for those people who feel like they're in just like the depth despair right now to understand that like when you hit that place it's 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 doing enough on your nervous system your emotions your grief you know everything that comes with being in a rock bottom and the only place that you have to go from there is up yeah so it brings a sense of like 
hope and faith that like all is not lost. And also you need to die that old you, that old Vailana had to die. And so I think for me, rock bottom is all a lot of times just that feeling of like death and you get depressed. You want to like consider suicide because you, you have to die the way that you were there, you know, the part of you that you're, how you are relating to yourself and that part of you has to die so that you can give space for creation Yeah. so that you can actually find yourself and create the space for the type of relationship that you want. Um, and so, yeah, so that relationship was like rock bottom moment. And then as I climbed my way out of it, what I decided is like, I'm going to really like focus on my sovereignty. I've always been in relationships. I've always known myself through other, mm. other person, you know, a partner. And I want to like, really truly focus on my sovereignty and that means so many things but what I realized um through all of that is you know number one that I was not choosing myself number two that that part of me that was so passive and trying to fulfill somebody else's desires was so disconnected from my own and from my needs mm. my need for safety and stability and to not feel threatened Woman. on a daily basis and just trying to be okay like when you're just trying when you're in that kind of um energy yeah yeah, yeah. Constantly, there is no space for creation yeah or like like art and creativity eventually you can make art out of it which is you know eventually where i got to but it's like you're just you're just stuck in trying to be okay all the time um but yeah. I, I, so how can someone like this can go from like, you know, deep insecurity, like you're being cheated on mm -hmm. and within a couple of years, not even, are in a place with like a real king when I don't, it's so weird because obviously like surrounded by women and you don't have a, like an inch of jealousy. And I'm like, how the fuck does she do it? Like yeah. zero. I'm like, I, mean, I want to get there. Yeah. I mean, it, it took a lot of deep inner work. It took a lot of deep intimacy with myself I mean I told you I spent a month in isolation I've done you know a lot of work with um, medicine which I'm not suggesting for anyone to do mm. that was just what was in alignment for my path that really helped me to um, face the deeper stuff that stuff that was there so that I could be free because a, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the programs that I was running in were things that I couldn't get separate enough from to mm. help myself Beautiful. So plant medicine work really helped me to um, uh, kind of perspect it from a different way that my mind couldn't like figure out with stories or ideas. You know, I, I think I think a, a lot of what plant medicine does is it drops you into your body and yeah. your system into your heart and out of here. We yeah. do a brilliant job of like, oh well, I have this trauma because when I was seven, my mom told me that my hair looks stupid and you know, like, yeah, I yeah, all this rationale as to why you think why you are the way that you are but the thinking doesn't actually solve it no um so any kinds of practices that bring you into embodiment so like other tools that i could use um breath work sound healing is a huge one meditation journaling like getting so deeply intimate with yourself that you understand your needs your desires and your memories. And that might be with a partner, that might be in life at large, in friendships, mm. in business, you know, but, but actually taking the time to like 
understand what those are. And that can be a difficult process, as you said. Like when I started to really look at those kinds of things, I felt like a deer in the headlights. I never asked myself those kinds of things. No. How am I supposed to know? But it took like a um, pretty devoted uh, relationship with myself that um, showed up as like a lot of journaling, you know? Wow. I would journal to help to get thoughts out of my head and just like free write. Even if I couldn't think of something to say, I would just write, I can't think of anything to say right now. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to say anything. I just would let yeah, yeah, yeah. consciousness happen. And, and, and in doing so, I started wow. to recognize that like I would get in almost this flow state of just allowing to come what wanted to come. And I would find things out about myself that I never really recognized. Wow. I kind of felt like a medicine. Um, I would do like loving practices. Uh, this one New Year's, I decided to start writing myself love letters because I recognized that when I would speak to other people, I would say these very endearing, wonderful things. And I never speak to myself that way. It's normally in the mirror, like, oh, your skin sucks today. Or, oh, yeah. God, your hair is so oily. Or, you know, I've been working out, but like, my mindset, like, it was just like constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. complaining and judging. Or if you're just like, oh yeah, not too bad today. Like it's not. It's just like you're. It's not with the same like love and compassion. Yeah. You speak to others, and so I started that out of practice. I mean, so many different things. Mm. It was really, really vast. But you know, anyway, and for anyone who's really interested in like, what is the journey for you? What I would offer is, you know, having a practice of prayer and gratitude. Because when you pray, and I'm not saying like in the religious sense of like, you know, how you pray to God, although you also mm-hmm. can, either way, you're in direct communion with a higher energy, you're in yeah. direct communion with the universe. And, you know, for me, like I feel in direct communion with, the God, with God and Goddess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's both. Um, and when you're actually speaking, your prayers into existence, whether you're writing it or you're speaking it out loud, it gives space for the universe to reflect to you. Mm, beautiful. You know, uh, to um, speak to you in ways that you wouldn't otherwise have the availability. Like if you think of whether you want to call them higher dimensional beings, star beings, angels, ancestors, whatever it may be, yeah. their dharma is to help elevate consciousness on this planet. But because we operate in this 3D, you know, manifestation with free will, they can't impose on your free will. So unless you ask for help and get really comfortable in the asking for help, you know, they can't help you. So that was another practice that I I, uh, start to work with on a daily basis. Like Mm -hmm. the night before I would go to bed, I would start my prayer with gratitude. So like I would write in my journal literally anything that I was grateful for that day, even if it was as simple like breathing or some person you know passed by me and made eye contact and it was a really sweet moment like whatever it may be i'm grateful because the gratitude brings you into an elevated um, vibration and it makes you more um, magnetic to the desires or whatever you're praying for so i'm just write a gratitude and write a desire and my, incredible my prayer my desire might have been you know something i wanted to do for the next day a big outrageous desire you know, a, a business venture that felt really like it's the thing, but I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like, show me, show me 
in ways that I can't imagine. Like beautiful. What is the highest alignment for me? And then watch how many synchronicities synchronicities show up in your life that you're like, if you're actually listening and you're yeah. attention, the world is speaking so loud. Uh, so those are good. I mean, that's there was a lot in there, but like those are those are all of the ways that I focus so deeply on myself to really like heal my own words and to be in tune with like what I wanted. And the big turning point actually was recognizing that I can be in a moment of celebration for knowing exactly what I don't want in a relationship. I lived that for my whole life. I don't want to leave that. There were aspects of it that were beautiful and there was definitely love, but like the overarching theme of my, you know, my before Aubrey is like, that is not the type of that's not the way that I want to express mm. love. I don't want to heal through pain anymore. I've done that more than enough, and my nervous system, I can't take that anymore. Um, and so because I had the contrast of what I didn't want, I got really, really clear about how I wanted to experience love. And it was not, you know, I want to manifest a guy who has, makes this much money and he has dark hair and this colored eye and it was like nothing about surface level like image or all these like material things it was like i want to be cherished like i want my partner to come up behind mm. me washing the dishes and just hold me not because i asked but just because he loves me and because he wants to and because he knows that my love language is touch um i want to deepen my intimacy and my, my sexual relationship with my partner instead of needing to, you know, expand it out into like polyamory and, mm-hmm. and because that didn't really, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. It's way too sensitive. It's just a lot. It was a lot energetically for me. Um, and I'm not saying that that doesn't work for people. Like mm-hmm. there are legends on this planet who do that and they're, and they're like, happy. you know, it wasn't for me. And yeah. honestly, like it wasn't something. And that, that was a big shift for Aubrey as well. Yeah. Right. Cause he was like, was like the polyamory guy. Yeah, it's like well, going on podcast telling everybody yeah. this works. It wasn't something that he could ever really like fully thrive in either. So um, yeah, I just I just got so clear about it, and I'm like, universe, I don't care how this happens, when it happens. If I need to be alone for a long time, like I've done so much work to feel so happy just with myself. Like if I have nature and my journal and music. And your sound balls. Adventurous, most rich time. Like I took the time to, to be so comfortable with myself in that way. Mm. It's like it's a superpower because everything else is a bonus. So beautiful. Being in that place that feels like like almost unfuckable, right? And um, you know, however however this relationship comes to me. I, I trust that it will. I have absolute faith and I refuse to experience, I refuse to pour myself into anything else that is not that. Wow. Clarification, clarification of my desire and the relationship that I wanted was like pristine. And I even expressed it to my former partner. It was like, this is how I want to experience love, you know, in my life. And, and I'm not asking for that from you, but just so that you know, like this is, this is what wow. um, And I, I, for the first time had a model of a relationship that I desired. I have a couple of friends, Dan and Micra, um, who live in Austin, that for the first time I saw a relationship, I was like, damn. 
I want that. I want that. And if it's not that, I don't want it. So that also helped me to clarify my desire. And, you know, it, it really, like, it, I don't know that it works this way for everybody, but it manifested fast. Like, wow. Almost a little bit too fast. Um, no, I love it. I love it. But it's so funny because I think a lot of times when women complain like, oh, I can't find a king. I think there's, like you said, starting with yourself and knowing that for you to find a king, you need to be in your queen energy as well. Because it's like you want a true king would also want to be seen and supported. Right. So like, how did you bring out the king energy in Aubrey and how do you cultivate the space, your home, and and yourself that he feels supported and like a true king. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because I, I I think even before him and I were together, he definitely embodied like a very strong king mm -hmm. energy. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's something that I brought out in him, mm -hmm. but I do feel like it's something that I have nurtured and helped him to expand. Um, and I mean it's. I actually feel like a, the queen archetype, which is really fascinating because I think people use this, um, I think people use the word queen when sometimes yeah. they actually mean king. Mm -hmm. King is like, the, it's, it's the kingdom. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are taking the action, making the decisions, um, you know, um, uh, listening to the people and creating the kingdom that everyone can mm -hmm. live and thrive. Um, and the queen energy is actually like, it's almost, in my experience, it's almost more like a priestess energy, I would say, mm -hmm. in, in how I experience my queen. Because, you know, he's doing all these big world things. He's getting all the downloads. He's manifesting and acting on all the visions. But, you know, we have our full team. He has a podcast. He's writing books. He's invested in all these things. Just like me wrapping my mind around, like, doing that. It is just so not my nature. And I think for, you know, like for you, yeah. for instance, like you've built like a kingdom and an empire. And that's like, <laughs> that's funny to say, but yeah. But it's also, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's being more in the masculine mm -hmm. principle, which is not, it's just polarity. It's just yeah. essence, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean that you're, you know, masculine or kingly, but, 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 it, but it's that part of the, the expression. And the queen energy, actually what I feel is in direct support to the king she's in the listening she's in the more like subtle listening of like what are the people saying like what is actually coming from the heart or the womb or uh, like the deeper sensing of potentially what the king can't see and you know offering that wisdom and i also you know i also feel like i we don't try to be like we both need to be a king right yeah one 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 part of, of Aubrey's mentality about relationship is, you know, like not everyone in the tribe is meant to be generators of abundance, right? Mm -hmm. um, that is something that he's very skilled at. He's very skilled at being an entrepreneur and a marketer and all of those things. If I was trying to meet him in that energy, I would be wasting my own energy at something that I'm like yeah. spectacular. And it would be taking away from all these other ways that I could be of service, like with my music or my sound healings, which I don't do, you know, for any kind of um, like money. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that we're both comfortable just kind of sitting yeah. in the reality of not both trying to be kings. 
And also Queens, and I think it's super interesting that you say that because I think there is this, I have this big trauma that I feel like I need to bring an equal value, financial or otherwise, you know. Because it's like values considered, how much money do you make? Like if you just like, oh, my value is uh, music, then you might feel like that's just not good enough value. Yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's interesting because peace actually helped me to heal all of those ideas. Oh, beautiful. Like, it, am, am I worthy of, and this is also a feminine, a very, very feminine aspect of how I show up in our relationship is like, I had to work through feeling worthy to receive the generosity of his heart, the, the abundance that he has oh, it's beautiful. to our life, um, and feel worthy to receive it just because I am yeah and without trying to like pay him back with x y and z whether it's like oh well if you bought me this then i have to like yeah and i'm healing that as well and so like just receiving without and just saying that thank you is enough and if someone's just coming to like you know gifting me something i don't really feel indebted right and yeah i do think some people give with the idea that they should get yeah but it's their problem. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, we both know our roles of like how we can help lift together mm. and our and serve our purpose and, and mission. Beautiful. And same. Like we're both standing in the same direction, like trying to um, you know, if everything's yeah. a bit of all to be service of a bit of all to consciousness on this planet and like how I express that is differently than how he does. And knowing that, you know, our roles are vastly different and yet they still have such a significant impact. Like the number of women who have been touched, inspired, activated, empowered by my music. Myself included. Thank you. <laughs> um, and the people who listen to his podcast, who've read his book, yeah. he has impacted. Those are both completely different things. But if he's asking me to be like, you need to create a business out of you know doing this that or yeah have your thing yeah whatever it might be so where's this coming from because i think it's like very much like this tit for tat mentality in relationships where we feel like well i'm doing all of this and that person's like not doing enough it feels like there is the level where you want to bring enough like energy to the relationship that feels like the person's showing up and bring their best uh, foot forward but at the same time having enough discernment and wisdom to understand that certain things um just feel different and mean different things it's interesting because i can even feel as i'm speaking i know there will very likely be people who are like well that's easy to say because you're abundant and you know and it's different like i can't but it's a catch-22 because if you don't have abundant uh, mentality you will never be abundant yeah so it's it's um it's interesting like the, the way that i the way that i serve our relationship is like you know because he's so strong in his king and his masculine which is exhausting it's like incredibly taxing to be like producing creating Mm. um, doing so much he needs a lot of help with Mm -hmm. like you know if he can't sleep i do sound healing for him no it's like the subtle ways that i can um do acts of service that will be really meaningful for him and for him to know that like 
for him to know that like like Mike is always by my side. Like he confides in me about absolutely everything, however big or small. I mean, there's there's some things he doesn't he doesn't speak yeah. to me about, but for the most part, like everything is a lead. It's not like he makes all of the money, so he has more power in the mm-hmm. relationship. Like everything is a lead, and he's really, um, you know, him showing up for me in that way feels like the energy of the true queen. No, oh, beautiful. I think because we models of this way of things operating like people will probably be like well that's bullshit you're just yeah gold digger and he just takes care of you like whatever no but i think it gives women permission to even like um you know take care of the kids it's like such a big trauma like um i'm just stay at home mom it's like almost it's like embarrassing to admit that you aren't working instead of just saying like hey uh it's 50 like you know what i mean like it's it's yeah. equally as important so i think the, what are you sharing is actually giving a lot of women permission to feel like they don't have to yeah. make money and i think it also like it's, it's such a touchy subject because there's so much distorted energy around money and abundance and relationships. Mm. i think there was like a big pendulum swing like women you know, didn't have rights, like, there's still all the craziness of the revolution that's happening in Iran, like, there's such a pendulum so far this way, that women being like, okay, now we have rights, now we can vote, now we, you know, have birth control, like, it, it's like, pendulum, it's like the pendulum swung aggressively the other way, where women are like, I'm a mom, but I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and they're, like, so hyper and they're masculine, that it actually was almost like a balancing act, for how, you know, disempowered. Yeah, 100%. And so now it's kind of like, you know, the pendulum needs to keep swinging, but eventually it kind of like comes more center. And, and that's the point. Yes. So I'm not saying that this is the way that it can work for everybody. What I'm saying is like, this is the way that it is working in our relationship. And it is so like free feeling. We don't have patients that are like struggling around those yeah. types of things it's just like a standard that you know and, and it's a standard that was set by him mm. I came in and like I've never I didn't really I, I took care of myself all my life but I was never loved in I didn't grow up with like I, I was comfortable yeah I didn't really have like a lot of money and I didn't go mm. or you know um, have a lot and being with him to like he genuinely enjoys spoiling me um, which is amazing it's like I've just never, like, in no partnership ever experienced that. And it's, like, so much fun and just, like, constantly, like, having to make sure that I'm in, like, the full receiving because mm. it's so, so joyful for him. But, like, he's really set the standard in our relationship. And, you know, he told me when we first got together that my job is to eat food and be magical. <laughs> wow. And not doing either of those things, you know. And, and it's interesting because you would think, like, I love that he actually said eat food. Yeah, I'm not the greatest eater. If I'm not like fed, I'm sometimes really bad at eating. But um, he setting that standard where I have ultimate freedom. Like I could just be lazy and not do anything. But instead, because I had that space, I built myself a studio. I learned how to record music. I started putting sound things on Spotify and then all these other things mm. started, you know, coming about, which, you know, again, I am very, very blessed. Yeah. And place and abundance to be able to do those types of things but I think just like creating a conversation around the curiosity of things potentially being a little bit different yeah I think women you know being um in a partnership where a man is more wealthy there's also all like 
the negative connotation. Yeah, the power play. Yeah. But it's this, the, the type of women that I'm like overly independent because I don't want to be called a gold digger, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Eastern Europe. I can't be like, I have to like pay for everything. And it's like almost like too much from one hand. And also, it's really all about what you want to do. It's kind of like with birth control. Like, yeah, great, we have access to it, but it's you have the freedom to choose to take it or not take it. You can go naturally. It's not about like because we now have the right to do it, everyone should do it. Now that you have the freedom to work or not work if you wanted to start a business you probably because you're super passionate about whatever i'm sure you could right that's the that's the beauty of like giving the other person permission and freedom to fulfill their dreams yeah, and, and i think and i think on a, um, i think on another level too just like understanding like masculine feminine energy like when i was in the process of um you know doing my album and my film I was the artist in the label. I, I definitely mm. had some help that I, I didn't sign with the label to release my music with the label and just created an independent label. And it required for me to be creating my masculine in ways that I have not been before. And that is, I would not say, I actually think I was really proud of myself for how, um, I think I crushed it. I'll just be proud about that. Yes. I crushed it. But there were a lot of moments where I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to market things or like yeah. kinds of details. And so it was like, you know, allowing myself to receive his support and his guidance mm -hmm. where I would make something so dramatic because I'm so feminine. Like, creation <laughs> is like, I can get in the studio, I can make music all day long, I can put film, it was just like that, just like works for me because it's, it's, it's creative. And I would make the masculine things like so dramatic where I could sit down with him in 20 minutes and he'd be like, this is how you do it. Like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> and when it comes to like, you know, service container like i'm so tuned in to all the people like i'm in the deep relationships mm. i'm in the feeling sense i'm in like the emotional space like i'm, I'm just more of an emotional being it's like really um tuning into the way my body feels about mm. and offering like my own feminine nature for him you know where where he might not be able to access that so it's also just you know understanding your own sense of your strengths and what you bring to the table and feeling like that is enough. Yes, yes, yes. Like a basis, you know, if you wanted to throw out everything I heard it said, like, it's like a basis in, in we're not gonna throw it out <laughs> no um so i have been tossing uh i had been tossing uh, and turning about uh, sitting with ayahuasca for years and i think after i heard you speak about it it was like the moment for me i was like oh wow i actually feel like someone explained it really really well and i remember exactly like uh what you said and it was really powerful for me and obviously that is to say not it's not for everybody but could you explain how, if you were to explain ayahuasca to someone who has never heard it before, what would be your description? Yeah, so ayahuasca. So you made me do it, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I think most people have that story about Aubrey, but I think yeah. I totally yeah. received that because she's such, she's such a powerful, extraordinary spirit. Um, I look at plant medicine. I look at plant medicine as the consciousness of God. And so, you know, in ayahuasca, which is a uh, blend of the ayahuasca root and chacuna leaves, where um, they mix them together, they're boiled down in the 
process, but ultimately the, the chacrunal uses actually what makes the DMT inside of the ayahuasca root active. And DMT, you know, um, brings you into this uh, vision space. Um, and her essence feels like it's taking you down into, like, it, it's not like it, it, you think of, um, like, spiritual evolution like a lot of people think of like how do i you know we're mm-hmm. always thinking of like going up like how do i ascend how do i be angelic how do i be mm-hmm. like you know like it's all just like reaching above ayahuasca is taking you down into the roots she's yeah. helping you to get really grounded um and to face the places within yourself that have probably been too difficult to face so things that are things that you're afraid of um potential you know trauma that you've had maybe don't even know of or haven't looked at, but ultimately she's taking you into those um, darker places to help liberate you so that you can be free from them. Mm. And it doesn't always, that's not like a recipe, it doesn't always work that way. I'm curious if that was an aspect of how it worked for you. Um, yeah. But it feels like it's, it's yeah, it's like really taking you into the spaces where you might not consciously have access. Mm. So a lot of this is stuff that is in your unconscious and stuff so to if you feel fearful like going into that that's always there yeah it's operating and it's 85 percent of our brain is subconscious or unconscious yeah. and we operate from the 10 15 percent off conscious and so for me ayahuasca definitely is that relationship also it's my number one relationship with expectations because Every time you expect Aya to deliver <laughs> you're like no yeah yeah, yeah. It's beautiful because she's going to serve you exactly what is yeah. necessary for you. Yeah, and I'm like, no expectations, but it better be good and life changing, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. It's beautiful because it really shows you how much expectations actually um, take away from the experience, not only ayahuasca, but any experience in life. That experience is perfect the way it is, but we cause, you know, I have such a big expectation for this podcast, for every conversation. That's why I told you I'm not having notes. I'm like, I don't want to have expectations because it's going to strip the beauty of this experience yeah. because it's like you come, it's not what I was thought it's going to be. So like, and she yeah. teaches you in interesting ways. Like, <laughs> These are all my intentions. These are all the things that I want. And then the way that she might deliver it to you, like if you think of it, like a root is like wrapping around, like it feels very at times, sometimes dreamy and symbolic. Like you might not even understand at all what's happening, mm. and, you know, in the months, you know, post when you're in integration, all these things start to make a lot of sense. Um, and also you can have wild and beautiful experiences. I mean, I've had experiences where I've just been dancing all night and beings and you know it's yeah absolutely gorgeous it's, it's actually really, it's been i speaking of bragging this is actually one of my experiences with aya was when she uh showed me my showed myself as a tree and all of these roots and every single root was a person um whose life i impacted through my work and so i was like oh my god it feels like bragging i thought i don't want ego and she's like no it's not ego it's knowing your worth and it was like yeah and it was acknowledging like a taxi driver in the philippines that i tipped and then promoted his business and whatever and like 
how he was able to grow it and like provide for his family and just all of these stories. And I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. I'm like, yeah, I don't ever look back in my life and think about like, wow, I did a pretty good job. And so it was, a, it's for me, it's just like this ability of like really building me up and like reminding me of my power. But then very, uh, you know, bringing the humility in and just like showing oh, yeah. that. She's, she, she, that's both at the same time. That's been a, that's been a big thing for me. <laughs> the shadow the shadow is what you can't see mm -hmm. right so it's things that are operating like pretty much always in so how would you explain shadow for those of you who don't know what your shadow work is and yeah so i mean the way that i perceive the shadow is actually like i can kind of like turn it into a construct so if there is something that has happened in your life that either you've done that has been transgressive some violation of yourself um that you hold in like really deep shame like so much shame that you're not willing to look at it mm -hmm. you like fracture that part off in your psyche you're fracturing a part of yourself off like entirely and it's this thing that exists there but that you don't actually see so it's in the dark ultimately yeah and until you shine the light on it you never know that that's actually operating all the time some degree and it could be really subtle or it could be really big like for some people who get in a lot of conflict with others but don't think that there's anything you know like mm -hmm. i feel like we all probably yeah. have that kind of person but they don't think that there's anything wrong, wrong. Mm -hmm. or maybe not wrong is the right word but they just don't feel like there's any issue or anything that they need to look at yeah. if they went into higher there would possibly be lots of things that they need to look at <laughs> and, and it, it is all you know it's interesting because it can be very confronting but the energy of ayahuasca, like she's a feminist, she's a grandmother. Mm. She's a having a grandmother teach. She's a feminine, she's a feminine spirit of Gaia. And like taking you into those places is with the utmost love because the um, the direction of why you're being taken there is so that you can be more free. Mm. And beautiful difficult, painful ceremony of my life was in an ayahuasca yeah, i got scared when you like yeah. re-emerged on the other side and you like I mean, it, it was i mean i felt it felt like absolute separation from god like it, it was like the culmination of every single painful experience that i've had emotionally in relationships where i just felt like like debilitatingly alone and suffering so greatly and just like having to like pick myself up so that I could continue to live life and go to work and eat food and all of these things. But it was like all of those moments and there have been so many because I, I really feel that for my relationship with Aubrey, um, as many friends as I've had and as many relationships that I've been in, uh, I've felt really deeply alone. Mm. And so... And unseen? And unseen, yeah. Alone, unseen, isolated guarded and and what the journey showed me was really that like and some of that you know was my was created by myself um to some degree or i mean really kind of taking full ownership like that was um, my safety mechanisms also kept it. Mm. but i had to um i had to face and feel all of that energy in my body all the ways that that was stuck in my nervous system um and just weep for hours and hours 
in hours, just like over a purge bucket, just like, and I couldn't, I couldn't move through it by myself. And, and ultimately it was like psychologically calling out for help, which then, you know, I did have some, you know, people come over and really like help be there with me in my suffering. And I realized for the first time in my life, like nobody's actually really witnessed me and how deeply I've suffered. And just feeling like I wasn't alone in it was like, what helped to um, get me to start to come back to myself along with me doing, you know, magical butchery. But yeah, I mean, after, and then after I went through all of that, my nervous system was shaking for hours. Wow. It was like, like, you know, when a dog runs it, it's like, yeah, like shake and and when you're in breath work or like a dog runs into a door and they like shake it off, it's intelligent. And so like oh dogs, i didn't i never put it together that dogs do it yeah yeah dogs do it like even my cats when they get in a fight with each other or if i like pet them too aggressively and they're like not into it they'll shake it off it's like, <laughs> but so my nervous system was taking it out and i woke up that next morning and i could feel like i will never be the same wow never be the same i went from i am showing me how much that i did not trust men i did not trust women because of all the, you know, like the trauma from yeah. relationships. And I didn't trust life. I had a resentment towards life for some mm, So many people can relate. I know. Like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah. I remember all these, like, deeply traumatic, ridiculous experiences um, to waking up the next morning and I did, decided to wear all red because I knew, like, that was my rebirth day. Rebirth day and uh, wow you know so that was another big 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 way that i have also allowed aubrey to come fully into his king because before you know before i a lot of things were coming up where it was really like highlighting and shining light on the part of me that did not have the capacity to fully trust him Mm. as deeply trustworthy and wonderful and reverent as he is like my body was not because sometimes it's not about the other person right sometimes it's about us and how I knew I was safe, but my body was like, mm. yeah, my body still had it just such deep trauma embedded in my nervous system. And so um, doing that, doing that big inner work that, you know, as I said, it was the most painful, painful, difficult ceremony I've ever had. But to like come out on the other side of that and really feel myself and live from this place of like how you said, when there's all these women around gorgeous yeah you know sensual yeah and 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 cuddly and all the things and i'm just like and you're like nothing and i'm like i'm like i'm like i'm more jealous and i'm that's not even my husband that's that's also that's also you know a testament to like really yeah you're in a work yeah it's not about doing ayahuasca well but it's actually like being willing to go into the stuff that's difficult to face. And, and, and that's my kind of have this like warrior part of me that's like, if I can be more free, I will do it. Because it's ultimately the gift to yourself. Like jealousy, judgment, it feels shit. Let's be honest. It feels heavy. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel good to sit and judge somebody. And 
sometimes when you get to that moment of jealousy, like, I don't want to feel that way, but I still feel that way. And that like judgment of judgment and jealousy, it's like what makes it even worse. But I, I want to get to a point because it's like, we talk a lot about, you know, the darkest night of the soul, ayahuasca, you know, just like crying. But you said something to me that really blew my mind, which, which was healing doesn't have to be painful. So how can we heal a sister one, a moment where we can trust other women, we can trust that other women aren't there to like take the seat at the table, take our men or whatever it might be through pleasure or through sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's ultimately like the, what I believe in, what I've been working with a lot recently is that healing can be pleasurable. Mm, I love that. You know, uh, and I spoke to it a lot earlier about like my own sense of healing. Um, you know, particularly, I think this is a unique situation, but being in the container of like a hundred women where we're doing all this stuff around pleasure and rupture and we're building space for each other, it's, that's been healing for me. It's, a, it's just a very unique container where I think everyone is like on the same page of really being able to hold space. Um, but uh, for, for one, I would say, you know, with sound healing, which, you know, for those of you who don't know me or follow me, like that is my, that is my, one of my greatest darling gifts. Um, mm. I ultimately, you know, use crystal bowls and Tibetan bowls and other sound instruments. And um, I was taught on a particular modality called holographic sound healing. That's using mm -hmm. sound in its multidimensional sense. Um, and moving through the chakras and the auric field, and then I sing. So it's like if we're sitting here and I'm tuning into your energy field. I mean, we were lucky to do it yeah. at your at your home right. as a ceremony. Yeah. So you, you, you yeah, you were experiencing like yeah. your energy field is actually. I'm I'm channeling what will be in the highest resonance for your body to be brought brought back into. Um, it's almost like. If the, the piano is out of tune, you know, you hear it. Yeah. He's playing it, and, and that happens in the body when we have trauma um, and, uh, you know, emotional things that we haven't resolved. Like, they show up and they manifest in the body. And what sound healing can do is it, it's through the law of resonance, your body wants to resonate with what I'm singing. Wow. And so it's, it's, it's bringing you to a place where you're actually on a vibrational level living in more resonance and more truth and so i mean it sound healing has been and it probably sounds really cool there's a lot of research if you look it up um there's actually a book uh by dr cole reed Chowdhury called sound medicine mm -hmm. where she gets really deep into why this works and all of the scientific studies that back it um there's work by jonathan goldman and sylvia nakash it's like we're just beginning to scratch the surface of why this is so I love that because I think it's with every sorry to interrupt but like with biohacking we it's basically like people knew it for thousands of years like whether it's in Tibet or whatever like it's been a thing and then science comes out and like brings like scientific proofs that it works and you're like and the All Tibetans were like yo like we've known this about yeah. for like 10,000 years but All of a sudden, people believe, but it's kind of like a western mindset like science is God so yeah. there's proof for something it, it's difficult for people to just really believe something yeah. possible. And, and ultimately, it's helpful because what I've seen through so many journeys that I've had recently is that belief is everything. Mm. The belief field is exactly the type 
of life that you will experience. And it's yeah. so, so important. So the fact that science is helping to um, show data and numbers and, you know, all the stuff around, like, what this is actually doing to your body, it's helpful because it gets people to believe. Mm. So if you just experience a sound healing, you know, for anyone who's interested, I have sound healing on my YouTube. Uh, first week of the I'm sure yeah, we'll link it for sure, yeah. Um, you feel it viscerally. I, I did a sound healing yesterday for um, opening for Deepak Chopra for South By, and there was a number of people in that room who had never done sound healing before. They had no idea who I was, um, and they were, like, skeptical. Like, you know, for the first, like... Oh, I was skeptical for sure. So, yeah. I was like, what is this girl doing, like, speaking these weird <laughs> languages and, you know, whatever. But, but ultimately, like, the space after about, like, six or seven minutes, I could feel the space fully open mm. and offer that to people that belief is everything. So like if you believe that quantum healing, quantum expansion yeah. is possible, like your belief is directly going to um, move through my voice and what comes through. And I felt this time, this moment where just everything opened up. Mm. Sounds that were coming out were found it felt like reaching this like different dimension of frequencies um but just understanding that like for in a sound healing you do not have to do anything but be open curious and receive it is not about thinking your way through anything mm. or trying to have these like visions of flying with angels although that happens to my mother-in-law like every single time she's and there's no language barrier you don't have to you know speak spanish or people like it's just like sound is a universal language everything is vibration our bodies are vibration this table is vibration mm. different density the water in our body which we're with like 70 percent or more depending yeah on like the way that sound when you watch sound it conducts like through water stronger than it does like like your tissue mm. and so um like we've seen the studies where they'll do like mantras or prayers or play music to water and then they show how the crystalline structure changes that's happening in your physical body and you don't have to do anything other than just simply receive and which by the way is a big struggle for a lot of people but yeah, so it's also a great place <laughs> yeah. to take the opportunity to, to learn yeah and get really really good at it because what if something could penetrate you down mm. to another level that is not invasive <laughs> that does not require you know I, i'm i'm not saying that sound can you know cure a broken leg however they have found that ultrasound can actually sh shrink like masses in the body and ultrasound is just inaudible sound it's by mm -hmm. so they are actually already using sound in these different ways to do like physiological biological things on the body and so the way that it works is through your prayer and attention there was a study that um i read in a jonathan goldman book that you know different cultures across the world different ways that they um, look at how the body like receives energy so mm -hmm. like, you know in um, like in eastern culture they have dantians you know in hindu culture there's the seven chakra system which we've like widely adopted in the west um but none of them are the same but they have that uh 
across all cultures, it works. You know, like in well, the, the way that I work, I have seven bowls that are all C scale. Um, so the root chakra is C, but sacral chakra is D, E, F, G, A, B. Um, and so each of those specific notes are each of the chakras. However, that's different in another culture. But everywhere across the planet, they find this not works. And what wow. you said is actually that the important part of the formula is your intention. So it's kind of like all of the, and I'm not really well versed in this, but it's like the that observational thing that happens in the quantum when you like observe an hour minute, like, I don't really, I'm not going to be able to speak to this. It was a good idea, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like with your belief, as Blue says, your attention, your intention is on a specific thing. And you want to, you know, call in a partner, heal your heart, you know, um, uh, work on your self-confidence. Like, it's so vast things, the intentions that I have received from people that I've worked with. And even ones that I'm like, I don't know if someone can really help with that. And yet it does. Like, it literally feels like it's miraculous and like we don't even fully understand what is happening. Um, and it keeps continuing to um, elevate into like sort of new dimensions. Like for me, it's constantly evolving. If I mm. do for just you, it will be entirely well this when you told me this i was blown away because to be honest my only experience with sound healing was like i don't know in like a group setting at the end of like i don't know a gathering together yeah and i was like oh yeah it's kind of cool but like i didn't really felt healed Mm -hmm. until we had like a one-on-one experience together and i just remember like how my body was moving and how it was just like i felt like that sound was my energy which i don't know how you do it but it's it was impressive There's just more energies. It's like whatever is in the highest alignment with the collective field. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be as specific. Yeah. Um, but I never knew that you can have, like, you can actually organize a sound healing just for yourself and how healing yeah. it can be, even though it says sound healing. I was like, oh, it's actually healing. It's actually healing, yeah. And, and transformative and expansive. It doesn't even need to just be mm. I, I feel like the way that it's shifting in my own practice is like, it's not just about healing. Like mm-hmm. when I used to work, it felt like it was very lower chakras, like safety, you know, confidence, empowerment, creativity, sexual energy. And it feels like it's starting to shift more into like a little bit more of like the upper chakras. Um, but I used sound. The reason why I was ultimate in the first place was because I was at such a low point. This is like right before my rock bottom. And I was not healing in the container that I was in. And I needed to do something. And so I decided to take this certification by my teacher, Dr. Paul Hubbard. And I spent a month in isolation and I used sound to heal my own heart. Mm, Beautiful. It's like, it wasn't a painful process. It was pleasurable. Like I, even when I'm facilitating or when people are receiving, I mean, there are like beautiful tears of catharsis and, you know, like, and joy actually for me it was just like lightness and joy and i hugged you and i'm like i love you this was so fun and so it's like and and it's happening in ways that like you know you're not going to get a list of like this is what it did for you afterwards but you will viscerally how it's changed you beautiful and having like a having a practice where you're dropping in in that way you know or even toning for yourself you know one thing i would offer is like everyone also 
has a voice. You might not think that like you've got a great voice or like you can sing like yeah. Christina Aguilera, but everyone can sing. It's in all of us. Then if you take the time, you know, to be in this communion with your body and say, you know, you're feeling like something in your heart, maybe like you're going through, um, I don't know, just just something where your feelings are brief and you kind of like put your hand on your heart and you just give it a tone, you'll hide your body shift. Yeah, I started singing classes um, last year because I realized that I have such a big shame about my voice because uh, I was being told like you shouldn't sing because you can't, you don't know how to sing. So I started having singing classes and there's so many tears and so much shame. I was like, fuck, I can jump out of a plane, no problem. I can stand on stage and talk to thousands of people and on one-on-one with this most incredible, uh, you know, Anna, my um my uh, singing teacher and I'm just so awkward and vulnerable and and I was like wow and it's actually working on my uh throat chakra and expressing my my higher self and my voice and it has been such a healing experience and I think everyone should sing and this whole bullshit about logo I don't know how to sing I'm like that's such a mainstream actually like (laughs) like conditioning that I want to like just get rid of like from my system Tony, Aubrey, um, Aubrey is, feels like he's not the best singer, but he's really good at chanting, you know? So, like, even if you're, like, oming, if you're just oming different mm-hmm. tones, like, it's not about being beautiful or melodic or, you know, harmonic. It's just about, like, what is the tone that is, like, yeah. naturally Beautiful. It's a really great way to work with your higher guidance. Beautiful. If there was one thing, um, just to wrap it up, there's one mainstream advice that you wish you could um delete from the consciousness of the planet and replace it with something more empowering that has served you what would you say that would be that's a very tough question Mm -hmm. something to delete the one that just kind of like percolates up that feels most resonant right now is deleting the ideas of otherness. Mm. For people to be able to see that we're all different, unique expressions of the divine that, you know, I guess that, I guess that's probably a little bit more of like an expanded way of going into this, but um, what I would love to replace the otherness with you're that, just deleting that code, yes. The otherness that is in competition, in comparison, measuring yourself up to everything outside of you mm. is to replace that with an understanding that you are an irreducible, unique expression of the divine. And you are the only one in the history of the cosmos that will ever be that. So why would you want to be anything else besides yourself? So get really, really, really good. Mm. Because is you know the ultimate way that you can know the planet because yeah. we're meant to do that together and i yeah. think that's the path that you know some people are taking is to help people to remember that you know it's not yeah. about like i'm here to save you from anything it's i'm here to help you remember oh so good be as bailana as it gets basically (laughs) right like a full fuck yes to who you are and it's like the most exciting journey i think 
I had this moment like about five years ago where I'm just like, fuck, I've done everything that I could have done and life is not going to get much more exciting because I kind of like, because it was coming very much from a place of ego. I was like, oh yeah, I traveled to Italy five times. There isn't anything that can really like, you know, wow me anymore. And they were like, wow, like I'm uncovering the layers of myself that I didn't even know existed and just getting to know Aggie as she is. I was like, it's, it, I'm just getting started. It's not my number one thing that you hear me say, I'm like, I'm just getting started. And I used to think that my life was almost over. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is, what am I talking about? Like, I'm just getting started. And and understanding one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that, like, that uniqueness is also incredibly human and giving yourself to be the parts that are messy. The permission, you know, for the parts that are angry or jump, you know, the the parts of me that are still, like, in the old story of, like, not fully being in the uniqueness and, like, that is such a such a great goal for life mm-hmm. can i get as much me there's so much less pressure yeah <laughs> and watch and watch what you magnetize your life when yeah with your, your, like, your pussy for sure is there anything you would like to add Yeah. in the show notes, but if you're interested in following me on Instagram, I'm at Bylana, B-Y-L-A-N-A. First name, uh, uh, Instagram club, <laughs> you handle. Well, thank you, Aubrey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have uh, a bunch of music on Spotify. My artist name is Bylana. I have my goddess, Rise of the Goddess film. If you want to see that, it is the greatest piece of art. Beautiful. Ever, ever created and poured my whole heart and soul that um and that's going to be uh youtube slash uh and then youtube.com slash violana yeah my website that will always just have any of the offerings i'm going to be doing a lot of offerings with other women over this next year once i'm done with my certification so if you're interested in any of these topics like i'm, I'm going to curate those containers where we can guide them i'm sorry Really, really finding, finding themselves. I, I, I'm signing up as your <laughs> guinea pig. If you need to test <laughs> some, yeah. Oh, uh, I love you so much. Thank you for being so unapologetically yourself and so warm and i followed you on instagram for years and there's always this level of like i wonder if she's different in person and you're even sweeter warmer and like confident and like just considerate like it's honestly you have been so important for my healing in the last couple of weeks so i'm very grateful i love you too thank you for watching